This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 6, Dover Athletic 5. It was never in doubt. <clears throat> Have you ever seen a Wrexham game which had as many goals in it? Well, if you did, you must be about 100. Because the last time there was a Wrexham match of more goals in it, and that was 1934. One more goal, and we've equaled the club record for the highest aggregate of goals in a Wrexham match. When I put it that way, we should have let them equalise, shouldn't we? That was bizarre, and unfortunately for me, it sort of defies analysis. But I'm going to give it a stab. <clears throat> Obviously, Wrexham, huge favourites. Uh, Dover already relegated. They've only accumulated eight points all season and have only won once. So, this looked like a stroll in the park for a Wrexham side that were in fantastic form. But Dover have been competitive. They haven't got thrashed very often. And only last week, they nearly got something at Halifax, which, who they led at the Shea for half an hour. So maybe they were a little better than expected. I must be honest, anyone who listens to the commentary will know that before the match, I was genuinely nervous. I felt more nervous about this than the Halifax and Border Wood games because I felt confident we were good enough to beat them. But I felt nervous that if we were ever going to drop points, this would be a heartbreaker. Oh, this was nearly a heartbreaker. Believe me. Wrexham started with the same team that won on Tuesday and started well. Only took seven minutes for us to take the lead. Young swinging in a corner. Hayden heading towards goal. The goalkeeper diving to his left did well to save it, but Parks' rebound only fell to Mullen, who could tap it into an empty net. Wrexham had the lead. A minute later, it could have been doubled. Palmer with a, a nice idea playing the ball into the left channel and Mullen made a brilliant run right to left. It was just slightly overhit and Mullen couldn't get on the end of it. And then by the 10th minute, again, we were threatening. James Jones playing a lovely little one-two to get himself into a nice position. He squared it onto Mullen and from 25 yards out, he drove a powerful shot just wide of the left-hand post. Two more minutes later, again, Wrexham opening things up. Palmer helping the ball on cleverly to Mullen. He had no support. He drove on well and decided he had to try and go for goal and from a very tight angle put it across the face. So 1-0 up after 12 minutes, three other clear opportunities and yeah, on the face of it, this was panning out exactly as you'd expect. We were going to have a routine thumping of a weak team. But no one told Dover this and here's, here's the one bit I think I can analyse. I think I can explain why Dover causes so many troubles despite all logic suspect, suggesting that they wouldn't be able to. I think part of it, perfectly frankly, is that they are already relegated. They've got nothing to lose. They can try maybe different bold ideas. They usually play more of a 4-3-3. They only made a couple of changes in their last match, but they were playing more of a 4-2-3-1. And, okay, that's not a huge difference, but they were often leaving three or even four players up the pitch when we were attacking. Which left them open, which is why we were opening them up so often. But it meant that they had a real chance to counter-attack on us. Especially on the flanks. So our wing-backs, as we know, commit high up the pitch. But Dover's wide attackers didn't bother tracking. It was a hell of a risk. I'm sure if they had a chance of survival, they'd be more likely to do something closer to parking the bus. As it was instead, they just gambled, cheated the two wide players, didn't bother tracking back. And... Wrexham were vulnerable to the breakaway. Dover pinging early diagonals in behind 
McFadgen and Hall Johnson and those wide attackers they were attacking our wide centre-backs who had to come out to meet them our back three was getting really stretched it's got to be said that being so exposed both Toza and Clareworth fell well below their normal levels and Dover were just opening us up for fun it was unexpected but it was uh, very very effective that meant that Although we were carving out chances, they were coming at us. They certainly didn't come to defend. And it felt like they were in the game, to be honest. But with hindsight, they were playing as they meant to go on. They kept coming at us. And yeah, they spent a fair amount of time in our hearts, even when we were carving them open. Maybe that was why we were carving them open. Still, when the second goal went in in the 19th minute, he assumed that was the end of that. Davis getting the ball into the box and helping the ball nicely onto James Jones, who drove into the right channel and drove a nice finish across the keeper. Wrexham two up. Jones continuing his excellent recent run of goal scoring. And game over, surely. Well, no. Because three minutes later, Dover had a goal back. A fabulous goal as well. Maybe the best goal we've seen at the race course this season. A corner <coughs> cleared. Partially, Wrexham really didn't deal with this well. Hall Johnson and Hayden for a second seemed to leave it for each other. Then Hall Johnson decided he had to go for it, stretched and poked the ball only as far as Wilkinson on the edge of the D. And he hit the most fabulous volley, stretching for it and nailing a beauty which arced over Dibble perfectly and into the top left corner. The keeper with absolutely no chance whatsoever. That goal didn't have anything to do with Dover's tactical approach, but it wasn't a total surprise to see them score because Gaiassi and Arthurs uh, were getting into good positions. Pavey, the target man, surprisingly was playing on the right, and he was causing issues as well. And, yeah, fair play. They scored. Were the crowd worried? No. In fact, interestingly, it was a wonderful goal, and a vast majority of the Wrexham fans were applauding it. I think they felt in the the points were already wrapped up. Okay, they've managed to score a worldie out of the blue, but we're still going to punish them. They weren't so amused by what would happen in about five minutes' time. But before that, Wrexham did have a chance to essentially put the game to bed. 25th minute, an astonishing moment. Mullen doing well on the right-hand side, feeding it to Palmer. Palmer fizzed it across the face of goal. The keeper couldn't get there. Jordan Davis... I'm afraid literally in front of an open goal at the far post. There's just nothing impeding his sight of goal. It's not a tight angle. He's between the posts. He's about a yard out. Somehow contrived to hit the bar. It was an astounding miss. At the time, I wondered if it had just been hit so hard it just essentially hit Davis. But having looked at the replay, not really. He didn't, maybe didn't quite sort his feet out, but it's incredible he didn't score. The ball bounces out, Wrexham fight and win it back. Davis is livid with himself, races back, gets the ball, drives on, and from 25 yards hits an excellent shot, just wide of the right post, and again has his head in his hands, so determined to make up for the open goal miss. I think if it had been 3-1 then, even with all Dover's boldness, it would have probably put an end to them. But instead, within a minute, they were pushing forwards and looking to make a problem for Wrexham. Good ball down the right uh, channel causing an issue and it was Arthur's trying to beat Dibble at the near post and driving the ball firmly into the side netting two minutes after that though they were level and Wrexham far from clapping this one was cell shocked it was a horrible goal to concede a corner on the right hand side sorry, my left hand side swept in under the bar and Pavey left completely unmarked headed it home
we've got enough big blokes to deal with that sort of thing. It was poorly defended. It's got to be said as well. Dibbles, I think, has got to come for that. It was pretty much under his bar. Pavey couldn't miss. Quite why he chose to run up to the Wrexham fans, lean over the advertising hoarding and shout at them. I'm not quite sure. It certainly wasn't a good look. But they'd equalised. The crowd was stunned. And the next chance also fell Dover's way. Baptiste driving a powerful shot from 25 yards, a whistle past the post. The next 10 minutes or so, so Dover camped in Wrexham's half. Okay, teams can be brave. Teams can take the game to you. But it was quite a shock to see this dominant Wrexham side being controlled by a team that was already relegated and in the miserable form that I was telling you about earlier. Why? I think we had a little bit of a panic on. I think we defended a touch too deep, concerned by those diagonals coming in. And as a result, even if we did manage to get the ball away when they were on the break, they could pick the ball up in midfield. Our midfield was a bit too deep and they could work the ball around. And fair play to Dover, they were inventive and they were neat. But we mustn't forget that they were also a team like I said, has been on an astonishing losing streak lately. It wasn't good. To be fair to Wrexham, in the last five or six minutes of the half, we did manage to get a little bit of momentum, started to pass the ball around again, something which we were sorely lacking in. And we could have gone in ahead at the break. Young with an excellent driving run through midfield. Davis made a great run through the centre. Young could have played him in earlier, and he'd been in one-on-one with the keeper. He chose not to whether he was thinking about a shot himself. And eventually, he did feed Davis in. Davis, a nice touch to get onto his left foot, 15 yards out, tried to pull it across the keeper, pulled it a bit too much, and it went wide by about a foot of the right post. In the last moment of the half, there was an excellent breakaway. Palmer on the halfway line, spinning, and with one touch, taking three Dover players out of the game as he accelerated past them. He fed out to Hall Johnson. He ripped in a good cross, which Ransom, the defender, sliced just off target and behind for a corner as Mullen lurked and marked behind him to tap the ball in. And Wrexham had another opportunity in the first minutes of the added time. And again, it was Ransom who defended exceptionally well. James Jones feeding Mullen, who drove down the left-hand side, cut in to run at him. Ransom, the last defender, dragged out wide. If Mullen gets past him, you really fancy him to score. Ransom ever so well to stay on his feet and not commit himself. So Mullen had to hit it from the edge of the area, where Ransom got a superb block, which deflected it across the face of goal and behind. So the break... To all, very, very unsatisfactory, but not the time to panic. The fact was, this was still a team in terrific form against a team in horrific form. And you wondered, surely, whether sanity would restore itself at the start of the second half. Wrexham would press the reset button, come out, remind themselves of the standards they'd set themselves, remind themselves of the qualities and intensity they've been consistently showing, and take the game away from Dover. 18 minutes after the break, we were 5-2 down. Football's a bit mad, isn't it? I mean, the next three opportunities really were goals. Um, but I don't want to make out that this was one of those lucky days where every shot went in for Dover because they were threatening. They were getting the ball into the box. Arthur's had to sort of hopeful shout for a penalty in the box when Hayden did tug a little bit at his arm, but not that much. The first goal came in. Arthur's clipped a neat ball. It went over Tovers' head. Gassi one-on-one with Dibble. Lobbed him really sweetly, and 51st minute, Dover were ahead. Three minutes later, they were ahead by two. This was horrible. The keeper parks with a long boot to the middle. They had a massive kick on him. 
Guys, he was after it. Tozer let it bounce. He didn't really deal with it well. Dibble had to come off his line because of that. Dibble got his punch all wrong and punched Tozer firmly in the face of both hands. And there's the two of them laying a heap on the floor. Garci ran onto it and tapped the ball into the net. Gayasi would go on to complete a 12-minute hat-trick. Well, to be fair, there was a good long spell of treatment for Tozer after this, who finally was revived and able to continue. But in terms of playing time, it was considering less than 12 minutes. <clears throat> Parkinson had seen enough and acted boldly. 58 minutes, he went from the three at the back and brought Dan Jarvis on for Max Clareth. A, a smart move, I think. Because, to be honest, I mean, <laughs> the defence was having a nightmare and it was the fact that they, they could play those diagonals and drag the centre-backs out of position that was causing the problem. A back four oughtn't to have such an issue. So Jarvis came on, Cloweth came off. Soon after that, Wrexham had a moment of hope, first moment of hope of the half, really. Davis down a line to Mullen, who pulled the ball back nicely to the edge of the area. James Jones hitting it with power, but putting it just wide at the right post. But then, as I said, in the 63rd minute, Gayassi completed his hat-trick. Good passing movements forwards, by Dover, good progressive play. The ball popped out to Pavey on the right. He drove a lovely ball across the face and Gaiassi was there to tap it home from six yards out, complete an excellent hat-trick and a deserved hat-trick. And the Wrexham fans started booing. Now, I said it in the commentary and I'll stand by it. I just don't like people booing their own team. I, you go there to support. And too often in recent years, Wrexham fans have been too quick to criticise, too quick to boo. But this was justified. I have no issue with Wrexham booing. I thought the fans were astonishing. They were incredibly patient. They got behind the team and they didn't lose faith in them. They went a bit quiet, but you know, when, when the bottom team in the league are handing you your backside on a plate, I think you're entitled to do that. But we just fell to pieces at the start of the second half. It was inexcusable. Dover showed guts and tactically they were brave and clever, but they looked a very poor team. As They are a very poor team. This should not happen. And the Wrexham fans who booed had every right to, and that's not something I normally say. Wrexham needed desperately to try and fight back soon. And they managed it. Mullen down the left-hand side, dinking the ball to the far post. James Jones bringing the ball down and driving it in. And Palmer was able to flick the ball home to pull the score back to 5-3. Then a long toes of throwing was cleared as far as Young, who on his left foot hit a powerful shot but didn't quite get the right angle on it and put it just wide from 20 yards out. But half, just beyond the halfway point in the second half came the moment that really gave Rex some hope. Jarvis on the left side of the box squaring it. Palmer with an excellent powerful shot across the keeper who got both hands to it but could only squeeze it onto the inside of the post. And all of a sudden Wrexham were only a goal down with 21 minutes left. But I haven't mentioned the ref and the time-wasting yet, have I? Now, this was something that frustrated Wrexham fans enormously. Although I have to say that, ultimately, I think maybe Dover got it wrong at this point, understandably, and this is what allowed us back into the match, as well as our indomitable spirit. The referee was much too willing to let things go. <clears throat> in terms of, he, he clearly was adamant that he would not give a yellow. If you look at his stats, he doesn't give many yellows. The, the idea that a ref's had a good game because he didn't book anybody is a fallacy, but this chap seemed to have it in his head from beforehand. It wasn't acceptable, I've got to say. If you decide before a match how you're going to ref it, then you really shouldn't be refing. I'm sorry, I've said it. Because you can't prejudge how a game's going to go. 
he let a lot go. Now, Dover were incredibly cynical, but I, I must put a, a condition on that. I would want Wrexham to be cynical if we were in their position and we'd realise that the referee was a pushover. He was not interested in booking people for yellow for time wasting. He eventually booked the goalkeeper Parks, but <laughs> so what? I mean, he'd been time wasting consistently for ages. The players and the crowd were pointing her out. It took on numerous occasions before he finally would book him. And I mean, it made no difference. We passed the point where yellow cards will lead to a suspension. Parks complained about it and then of course he kicked her up the pitch it was for a goal kick so the ball has to be retrieved taken back and then he could time waste again because he knows the ref's never going to have the guts to actually give two yellow cards for time wasting to a goalkeeper so yeah all it did was waste a minute of the game uh, there was a lot of shirt pulling now some of it fair enough I, I couldn't blame the referee there was a lot of shirt pulling on the blind side all defenders do that I'm not knocking Dover and I'm not knocking ref I'm not seeing it he can't see uh, something which is on the wrong side of him. However, <laughs> having said that, he he was also allowing shirt pulling to break up play. So a midfielder would burst forwards. Wilkinson was particularly guilty of this and would grab hold of a shirt and just pull it and the player couldn't carry on running. So he's stopping a breakaway with a cynical shirt pull. All professionals know that they're taking a yellow card for the team there, but none of them received yellow cards for that. Astonishing. Again, I don't blame Dover. If you're going to get away with it, you get away with it. The reason I'm mentioning it now is because Wrexham having pulled the game back to 5-4 in the 69th minute, suddenly a momentum building massively looked like they were going to do it. But the next 10 minutes or so, there was barely anything on any play. Wrexham still carved out some chances, to be fair, but Dover successfully, thanks to the referee, just closed down the next 10 or so minutes and they just passed by with goodness knows how long there was with the ball in play. Maxim did have some moments, so James Jones driving a powerful shot from the edge of the area, which took a double deflection and went wide, that could easily have been a goal. Within a minute, Davis was feeding Mullen, who from a tight angle in the right channel drove a powerful shot. Parks did well to stay up on his feet long enough to block it with his legs behind from a corner. And then Jones had another powerful shot, which uh, the centre-back good child did well to... Goodman, rather. Sorry, I was just regressing back to his shoulders. He was able to head clear in front of his keeper and Young, from the corner, swept the ball in. It went through absolutely everybody. Nobody could quite get a touch. But the, the time-wasting was really having an effect. The game was petering out. It's not just the time it's been taken out of the game. It's the momentum being broken. Wrexham just couldn't get their momentum going again. And it looked like we would fail. We would fall short. 83rd minutes, we started to create chances again. Tozer with a good long throw into the box. Hayden jumped aggressively to attack it. Couldn't make contact and therefore unsighted Mullen, who was unmarked six yards out, but scooped the ball horribly over the bar. Again, I don't even really blame him. He didn't see it coming to the last second. At the other end, as Wrexham rushed to try and get things going, nearly conceded an absolutely horrific sixth. Dibble trying to take a quick goal kick. Hurried it far too much and just passed straight to Dover. The ball was fed to Arthur's on the right and he drove across the, the goal. Dibble was beaten. I think it was a shot, to be honest, but there were two players attacking a six-yard box who couldn't quite reach it in front of an open goal to end the game. Wrexham with three minutes left, throw Dior Angus on uh, for James Jones to put extra bodies in the box. He did well putting himself about. McAlinden then swept in a, a dangerous cross just too high for everybody. 
And as we went into added time, nine minutes of added time, Wrexham was still trailing. But then came an interesting moment. Tozer, who had a poor game, in all honesty, defensively, but in the latter stages was really driving things forwards, got up to the halfway line and drove a great diagonal for Palmer. He was fouled on the edge of the D, but the ball carried through to McAlinden, who was one on one with the goalkeeper, and the referee blew his whistle, stopped the advantage, even though he'd been given a lot of good advantages, and pulled it back for the free kick. Palmer and McAlinden were livid. McAlinden, in particular, might have good grounds for anger against this ref. He's the guy who sent him off against Yeovil. But anyway, no advantage, free kick on the edge of the D. But, Jay, well, we got Jordan Davis, haven't we? So maybe the referee knew that and just wanted to give us a special moment. Davis stepped up drilled it past the four-man wall and into the goalkeeper's side. Parks had gambled and got behind the wall. Davis stroked it beautifully where he was and Wrexham in the 91st minute were level. I said earlier that maybe Dover got something wrong here and I, and I think the last 20 minutes of the game, that was the case. They decided to sit on their lead. That's totally logical. I totally get it. Plus, Wrexham were committing more men forward, so I, I accept that they had maybe to do something to respond to that. However, I think it was a mistake because they, they got into the great position they were in because they didn't care about the result, if you like. There were no consequences to the results, and so they were bold. I think they should have carried on because I think they could well have scored more goals. You know, as Wrexham were pushing the two wide men up still in a back four, there was scope for Dover to really embarrass us on the break. I think they should have done. Instead, they retreated into themselves, retreated into their penalty area, defended very deep with a goalkeeper who wasn't particularly convincing in the air. And a lot of centre-backs were, were game and throwing their bodies in the way. Dover have let a lot of goals in this season. They're not a good team. And therefore, for me, deciding you're going to spend the last half hour camped in your penalty area against a team that do score goals when you spent an hour of the match causing problems going forward and being brave, was really foolish. I understand sitting on a lead. I do get it. It is the orthodox way of looking at it. But Dover got themselves 5-2 up because they didn't go about this in the orthodox manner. They should have kept on with that, I think. As it was, they made defensive substitutions. Wrexham kept pushing on through added time. There were lots of, of throw-ins into the goal mouth, lots of corners, Toza hurling it in, Hayden meeting their ball with a firm header, a really good acrobatic catch to his right by Parks. In the seventh minute of added time, a driven shot by Palmer from around the penalty spot, brilliantly blocked. Mullen then picking the ball up, trying to clip a cross-come shot over the keeper to the far post. Maybe a little bit panicky by Parks. It looked like it was going wide, but he raced backwards, flapped at it, and pushed it behind for a corner. And, well, as I'd say, you know what happened next. Actually, nobody seemed to know what happened next because the scorer was a mystery to everybody. But Luke Young ripped a superb corner to the near post. Palmer got a lovely flick on, and it was Jordan Davis hurling himself at the ball to head it in from close range. Absolute pandemonium. Wrexham 6-5 up. All of a sudden, I didn't want the referee to add on more time for all the time wasting and added time. And he had on about another minute and a half. Wrexham victorious in astonishing circumstances. <laughs> yeah, it's not good to let five goals in a home to Dover. But this was freak football. This was madness. Madness at its best. And quite frankly... For me, this makes me feel more optimistic about this season. 
because this team just refuses to get beaten even when something goes wrong they refuse to lose and it's admirable it's remarkable this team's special performances sadly Dibble had a poor time of it uh, at fault for two of those I would say the corner and then the punch on Toza and then a panicky kick as well at the back yeah Toza certainly wasn't up to his normal standards he looked uncomfortable he was also for blame at, at fault for that goal that Dibble wiped him out with but he did show his captain's spirit in the way he drove us forward he played a lot of good accurate long passes to try and open Dover up and you know fair enough Claworth was also not his his reliable self normally Pavey normally a target man was used on the right hand side as a target for these long diagonals and, and he caused Claworth problems uh, Claworth was pulled off quite early in the second half in order to enable us to throw the kitchen sink at Dover Hayden was the picker of these centre backs actually um, I don't recall him really getting troubled all that much despite the fact he was often isolated or uh, and often the defence was getting overrun so, so I think to be fair Hayden had a solid game and tried to drive forwards got on the end of set pieces um, so yeah he didn't do too badly sadly Hall Johnson also had a poor game lots of disappointing crosses and slack passes and it wasn't a huge surprise that McAlinden replaced him and McAlinden did make a little bit of a difference McAlinden was, was direct and aggressive and, and didn't tend to join in the build up as much as Hall Johnson did tended to get high up the pitch and get into the box which is what we needed at that point on the left, actually, I thought McFadden did, did pretty well. He was driving forwards all the time, trying to make things happen. He hasn't got the pace of all Johnson, but he does have the ability to link play with others. And I thought he had a decent match. I don't think he was particularly troubled. Like I said, the way they exploited us was more positional. The wing-backs getting caught out of position because that's where they should be, and because Dover were remarkably brave. So McFadden often was out of position in terms of Dover playing in behind him, but he's not out of position because it was an orthodox position. It was Dover's bravery that made it a problem. Centre of midfield, uh, Luke Young just kept going, kept going, kept trying to drive us forwards. He, it was a captain's innings in the sense that he knew we were in terrible trouble and he just would not submit. It was a, a brave effort by him. He kept going, a wonderful delivery for that winning corner. Jordan Davis, again, battling away, maybe a bit like halfway through last season sometimes you felt he was trying a bit too hard but by the end of it he got the headlines with the two injury time goals remarkable stuff and when we needed him he stepped up with that free kick Gareth Bale is very much the Jordan Davis of Welsh football in midfield as well James Jones but he got subbed more tactically than anything else his energy was excellent he was driving play forwards getting shots off so I wouldn't want to criticise him too much uh, I don't think he was taken off because of his performance up front, I thought Palmer and, and Mullin were excellent. I would probably go Palmer, man of the match. He was a handful constantly. He set up breaks with his neat footwork, driving forwards, and he got two goals. But Mullen pushes him close. Mullen was excellent, sparky, battling. There were spells where the strikers weren't getting service because we were playing badly. And it was so frustrating because you felt that Dover's defence looked vulnerable and Mullen and Palmer looked like they could really punish them. So, wow. I think i've sort of gone through it all oh and then afterwards my commentary got retweeted by fifa and my mind is completely blown everything was mad today honestly it really was quite something and well rob and ryan if you're watching yeah that, that's what all wrexham games are like yeah yeah, yeah. every season we have a few of those incredible stuff so wrexham keep it going we're second in the table now that's not enough but we're only one place away from where 
We want to finish now with the final score of Wrexham 6. We've never scored at home against Dover since 2015. Now we have. Dover Athletic 5. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. It was the thriller in Manila. This is the final whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.